Hey, y'all, welcome back to the Don't Mom Alone podcast. I am your host, Heather McFadden, and this is the place where I'm going to walk alongside you, connect you with people and resources, all to remind you that you're not alone. In this episode, number 231, I've invited my mom friend on, Karen Harmon, to share a little bit of her story. When we bring it to the light, the enemy can't work with that. I think when we keep it in the dark and we keep it inside of us, the enemy loves to work in darkness. That's just what he does. But when we bring it to the light, I think that's when it's like, okay, he can't do anything. I'm, I'm all about, listen, have all the fields, yell, cry, scream, do what you need to do. God can handle it. And the thing is, he already knows. So it's really almost like us being honest with him and us growing our faith to know if I express this, I know that he's got this. And the thing is, when you do express it and you're on the other side of that, it's like all of a sudden in your heart, you know, he's for me. He's got this. One way we can avoid isolation if we want to be this community that is for each other is to live honestly, honest with our emotions, honest with God. And I am so thankful that Karen is coming on here and sharing her journey, one that didn't go as expected. And yet, as God does, because he is faithful, he showed up to reveal who he is in the midst of it. And for her to realize where her true identity comes from, we talk about identity a lot, but if you're someone who does a lot, achieves a lot, and that's where you get a lot of your worth, I get that, I am raising my hand, you may be able to relate to the position Karen found herself where she could physically not do the things she was used to doing and relying on other people and not able to be the mom she wanted to be. It's all in here. Karen preaches and she's pointing us to good things. I'm grateful for her. But before we get to that, I want to hop in here and tell you about an event I don't want you to miss. You've heard me rave about Connected Families. Jim and Lynn Jackson came here to Dallas and we love their approach. But maybe you've been on the fence. You haven't even gone to their site to check out their resources. Well, Discipline That Connects, their new online course that launches February 4th is a great way to start. If you are looking for a way to have a discipline plan, maybe you and your husband want to get on the same page and you don't really quite know how to blend grace and truth, how to deal with issues that are coming up in your own heart, Jim and Lynn have got you covered with this Discipline That Connects course. And in February and March, it's going to be moderated, which means when you watch it, whenever, with whomever, in your pajamas, on your couch, in that period of time, you can ask your questions, questions that apply to your specific issue with your kids. And a moderator will answer them and other parents will be there and you'll feel really supported and less alone. If you wanna check it out, Connected Families is offering you listeners 20% off if you use the coupon code Don't Mom Alone. I think before I'd said $20, but it's 20%, which is even more. Go check it out over at connectedfamilies.org, the Discipline That Connects course. If you sign up, let me know, and I'll add you to our private Facebook group so we can keep each other accountable and going along and moving through the course. I'm going to do it again with my husband because I love it. All right, let's get to my chat with Karen. Here we go. Hey, Karen, welcome to the Don't Mom Alone podcast. Hey, Heather. I am thrilled to be with you. I know we've been talking about doing this for a while, and I've been walking alongside your story the last year or so, and so I'm thrilled to share you with everyone listening today. I'm so excited to be with you. So before we jump into your story, just introduce us to your family real quick, and then we'll get more into it. Well, I've been married to my husband for a little over 14 years now. We've got three kids, 
two girls and a little boy. Abby's 11, Sophie's eight, and Aiden is three months old. I am primarily a stay-at-home, full-time homeschooling mom, but I also work as a physical therapist, and I serve at our church as a worship leader, and I help to lead some small groups as well. And then I write and speak every now and then. So it's a fun, fulfilled, busy, crazy life. (laughs) (laughs) And if you all caught that, 11, 8, 3-month-old. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So Karen and I met a few years ago uh, and at an event with Carrie Trotter. And maybe we met before that. I don't know. But no, that was the first time. Yeah. Okay. okay. And we were, we shared a stage and we were sharing our stories and, you know, already your story was to work as a PT and to homeschool and to stay home. You'd say part-time. Yeah. I just work on call as a physical therapist since we started homeschooling. And so, yeah, my story was kind of like, yeah, I'm a mom, but I do other things. And, you know, just to encourage other moms in that, that was the story. (laughs) And you were on the road with Propel Ministries sharing that story, like encouraging women that they could do the mom thing and still use their skills and work outside the home. Exactly. To just kind of be living in the fullness of all that God created them to be, that obviously being a mom and a wife and all those things, um, as far as family is concerned, is the highest priority, but not to forsake all the other giftings and callings and talents and things that God had created for us to do. Yeah. So that was the story talking about success with all of that. (laughs) (laughs) And it was fun. And you're traveling with Christine Kane and all these other amazing women of God who are gifted in communication. And so (laughs) after I met you, what happened? So we met at the end of, I think it was 2016, if I'm correct. And I had just now started, just then started working a little bit with Propel Women, and I was writing for them for their blog and had done a few live events, and I was taping curriculum for them, sitting on their panel for their curriculum. And um, in 2017, I was, you know, traveling with them, doing all of their live events and everything. Life was great. We were just, you know, kind of in that zone, you know, as a mom, when you're like, the kids are getting to be independent. You know, we don't have nap times. Everyone can feed themselves. Everyone can wipe themselves. Everyone is getting their own food. So it was like the season of kind of feeling a little more independent when it came to the kids and things. And so I felt a little bit more freedom to kind of get out of the house and be able to travel. And obviously with a great supportive husband and a, and a strong support system, it made it a lot easier. So yeah, I was spending, you know, once a month kind of going out and um, traveling and doing this awesome thing, meeting some awesome women feeling like I was finally living in that sweet spot of like fulfilling some things that God had put in my heart and a desire. Um, And then some also some things that I didn't really have a desire to do. I didn't have a desire to be a public speaker. God just kind of threw me into that. And so I was just walking in obedience to what he had asked me to do. And so fast forward to like the end of 2017, um, Chris had asked me to come back in 2018 you know, I happily said yes and, and all of that. And then God opened some more doors to be able to speak at a few other, you know, women's conferences and events and things like that. So I think I had about nine or 10 things lined up for 2018. I did had the full support of my family um, and we were going to do this thing. And early January, um, 
we started having a little bit of some health issues. And then we had a big, huge lab leak and our house flooded a little bit. And we just had all this stuff going on. And so it was just kind of crazy. But you know what? God was still good. We were still going to do this thing. Fast forward another month and I find out that I am unexpectedly pregnant. (laughs) And that changed a lot of things. Yeah. And I think when you're in a season of baby, 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 or what you're doing is diapers and toddlers, it's hard. It is super, super hard. When you get a taste, though, of that independence, it's a little bit (laughs) jarring to think, oh, we're going back to that. And I know so many women struggle with infertility, and you and I both know that it is such a blessing to have those surprise babies, and we would never see it as anything but that. However, the reality in your experience was maybe (laughs) a little more shock, and um, we're going to talk more about the emotions that came alongside that change in your story. And that's mainly, mainly the goal of this conversation is what happens when you're going along a path and right. then there's a detour it appears or a change in the right. in the narrative and we are struggling to reconcile god what are you doing here i thought we were going this way exactly and i think that's the hard part and like you said i do definitely want to preface you know there's there's so many women struggling with infertility and miscarriage and even infant loss and that's hit very close home to to us as well and so i i definitely don't want to pour salt in wounds. And this is simply just my story is what I tell people. Um, just a little background into this whole thing. After I had my second daughter, um, I was diagnosed with three different autoimmune diseases. And so my doctor at the time was like, listen, he was a believer and he was like, Karen, you know, God's God, but it's just probably not the best idea for you to get pregnant again. And I said, that's fine. That's great. You know, that's not a big deal. We're, we're good with two. And, and, you know, we were going along with that. We were done with expanding our family. And so there was a lot more attached to that surprise pregnancy other than just, you know, surprise. And it's the independent. It's all that. It was also a health thing as well. And so I went from a season of like for six years trying to get my health under control and finally taking the supplements and changing up my diet, changing up my lifestyle and exercise and things like that, where I had my symptoms manageable. And then the pregnancy happens and there's just a lot of the natural supplements that I was taking and different things that I was doing that I was unable to do, you know? And so then that flared up some of my autoimmune issues. So there was just a lot of this thing of like, okay, God, yes, there's this one component of walking and fulfilling my calling. Finally, I'm out of the diapers and the the endless naps and the feedings and all of that. And I'm walking in this independence, but on on the other side of it too, you know, you've really been walking me through some healing with my health, you know, and showing yeah. me the different things I need to do in that sense. So why are we going backwards here? You know, there's just a lot of questions. And to be honest, and, you know, I think a lot of people struggle with this. I, there was a point where I was angry yeah. with the Lord. And I went through many years, like not, not understanding that. Like, I remember thinking in just a prideful way, like, how could you ever be angry with God? Like, he sent a son to die for you. Like if he never did anything ever again for you, that should be enough. Like how on earth are you angry? But then when you walk through that season and you're just like, God, why would you do this? This was like one thing that I I didn't think would ever happen. You know, it's not just losing my independence. It's also detrimental to my health. There's just all these other factors to it. Why? Why on earth would you do this? And I went, like Jacob, went through this, this massive contending with the Lord. And this massive questioning 
Mm. Um, are you still good? Are you still faithful? Are you still listening to me? Do I still matter to you? Um, you know, there was just a lot of issues that I was like, okay, wait a minute. I've never had to blindly trust you like this. I've always had a little bit of control, right? I think sometimes when we say we trust God, I think it's a lot easier because we still feel like we have a little bit of control. Right, right. right? When, when our health is good and our kids are happy and our husband's job and our jobs are secure and our we have a home. Right. We're like, yeah, good. I trust you. All exactly. in. I'm all in. Exactly. <laughs> I'm all in. Send me where you want to send me. Yeah. I will go and do yeah. what you want me to do. You know, there's all this whatever. But when you're actually stripped of like you literally have no control. I mean, there's like nothing. And I, I don't think I'd ever actually been in that place with the Lord where there was literally no control. Like mm-hmm. I had never had a crisis of faith, if you will. You yeah. know, I had never kind of been in that moment like I was there where I literally had to take my hands off the wheel and be like, I may not understand God, but I'm going to trust you anyway. But that's not to say that there wasn't months of contending. I never want to come through to be like, Oh yeah, I was, I was all in God. Yeah, I got, you got this. You're so good. You're so, no, there was months of like tears. I mean, daily tears, Heather of like on the ground in the bathroom, just pleading with God, like, what are you doing? Like Mm -hmm. I, there was a a moment of like, am I going to survive this? You know, just from a practical health standpoint, am I going to survive this? What is this going to look like, you know, on the other side of this pregnancy? And then on top of that, yes, my independent thing as far as speaking and writing and kind of blogging and doing all of this stuff, especially the traveling and the speaking, something I didn't necessarily want to do. Then you open these doors and then I'm thinking, okay, this is what you want me to walk in. And then you shut the door again. Like what's of 2018. And, um, that's, you know, prime women's conference season. That's when all of this stuff was happening. And, you know, like I couldn't travel in the last trimester of my pregnancy. I'm 40. And so I was 40 and 41 now, but I was 40 at the time. And so I was considered a high risk pregnancy. And so there was that whole factor. So I couldn't travel that last trimester. Um, so it was like, literally, God, you're taking all of this away from me. What on earth? Um, but then just real quick, fast forward, because there was another aspect to this story. <laughs> finally, finally, in the second part of my second trimester, I was at a place finally in that in the first part of my second trimester where I was like, okay, God, we got this. I'm going to be the healthiest 40-year-old pregnant woman you've ever seen. We're going to do this. It's going to be great. Like I was finally coming out of that anger and the contention. And I was finally at a good place. Of like, you were okay, like God. owning it. Like I'm right. Yeah. 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 If this is my state and, and you kind of grieved whatever the loss was. Right. Now, right. okay, exactly. now I'm going to own it and I'm going to move forward and do what I need to do to make the best out of this situation. Exactly. So we're at a great place again, right? We're like, okay, God, you and me, we're tracking, we're good. I started to have some pain in my hip. Not unusual for a pregnant woman. As a physical therapist, I was like, oh, I probably just sprained something, just kind of pulled something. Weeks go by, it keeps getting worse and worse and worse to the point where I can no longer walk on my leg um, and I'm on crutches. And so I go see some of my colleagues, physical therapists, massage therapists, I get injections end up going to a chiropractor. Everything's just, it just keeps getting worse and worse. Um, Because of the pregnancy, couldn't do an x-ray. So we go and do an MRI. Come to find out I was diagnosed with something extremely rare that only happens in four of every 1 million pregnancies. And yeah, lucky me. 
And it was a thing called transient osteoporosis where I had swelling in the bone marrow of my hip bone that was causing stress fractures in my hip. You're constantly breaking your hip. <laughs> like, yes, with every step, oh my goodness. I was doing more damage. So they referred me to an orthopedic surgeon. I go do that. He's like, you have to be non-weight bearing, meaning no weight on my, on my right leg and you have to be on crutches. Also, in the small research that's out there, because there's not a lot of research out there because it's so rare, um, it looks like you could probably be having this for six to nine months after you deliver. Neat. Yeah. And so it, there's nothing we can do. There's no treatments. There's nothing because you're pregnant. Like you, you literally can't take any medicine for it um, other than Tylenol, which obviously doesn't do anything. <laughs> so for, for hip fracture. So we were like, okay, God, seriously? Like if it wasn't enough to kind of go through this, I'm finally at a good place. And now I feel knocked down again. Um, now I can't work even. I can't work out. I can't do anything to, to kind of be healthy. And have the mental health, like sometimes just walking or oh, that's running a whole helps. Other. Yeah. Exactly. With those hormones, those hormones. Yeah, exactly. I couldn't even do housework. Like I couldn't stand to do dishes. I couldn't even stand to brush my teeth or do a shower mm. without excruciating pain. Um, I couldn't sing at church because it was like, you know, you're kind of like, okay, well, I'm pregnant. Maybe I can't travel and speak, but there's other things that I can do, you know, around the house. I can kind of volunteer at church. I can still do the normal things that I was doing. Well, now with a hip fracture, I couldn't sing. I couldn't work as a physical therapist. I couldn't even do basic domestic duties. And so I really felt stripped and completely unfulfilled of everything and was just in a really deep, dark place at that point. And then we had to schedule a C-section because any woman that tried to deliver vaginally broke their hip further. And so we had to go ahead and go that route and schedule a C-section. So there was fear attached to that too, because, you know, we weren't sure how that was going to work with my autoimmune issues and, and just my, my health stuff. So there was just so much coming at me right at a place where I felt like I got my feet back under me. And again, I found myself in this place of God, like, what are you doing? What, I mean, I literally have nothing to give. I am useless. I am unfulfilled. I tend to be a doer um, just by nature. I, I find fulfillment in doing things, which obviously isn't the greatest thing, but it's kind of just how well, just people are wired to be more like achievement oriented, not necessarily Very. the best, but just to have things yeah. done. I get that. A lot I of women that listen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> string finders and even a three on the yeah, Enneagram. It's just that tends yeah. to be. There's a yes. lot of us out there. Yes. So you know, you so I get pain. this. Yeah. Oh, I get yeah, this. Get I get yeah. this. And then even I can see the element of having the older girls and wanting to be the mom you want to be and falling short of that can also totally. add some guilt and even some shame of feeling unworthy. Identity is wrapped up in it is like, I can't be everything I want to be. Who am I if I'm doing nothing and I'm sitting here and I'm not even the mom I want to be. I'm not the wife I want to be. I'm not the friend I want to be. I'm just a blob. Yes. Although you're like creating this person. Right. But I didn't see it that way. No, right. right. In it's that like place. I, yes. It's, it's me doing this stuff. And it's not enough to just create a person. Mm -hmm. Like that wasn't enough. Like I remember people telling me like, oh, well, use this time to rest and use this time to just enjoy the baby growing inside of you. <laughs> and I just remember like, thinking not good things uh, to want to say to some of these people because yeah. I'm like, you don't get it. Like that's not enough. For me, it's not, it's just not enough to just be pregnant and sit around and do nothing. 
hopping in here to give a shout out to one of the sponsors that makes this show possible. We are so thankful for Prep Dish, and I'm also thankful that it's something I really enjoy using and I feel great sharing with y'all because I know it's going to make your life a little bit easier. Let me tell you what I love about Prep Dish. If you've still been like, what makes it different from all the other options out there? For me, what makes it different is I can look at the meal plan they send me on Friday and I can pick and choose which meals I think my boys would eat, which ones look good to me, and what fits our calendar that week. If it's a something that I can make easily because I know I'm going to be home or if there's a crock pot option, I just pick and choose. Oftentimes I'm making the meals, but if you need some breakfast options, if you need some good healthy snacks or even a fun dessert if you're having a dinner party, they're all there. You can just pick and choose. You can add or subtract, whatever fits your family. If you want to change out a side dish, no big deal. And I just love that the grocery list is right there. So I can cross things off, circle things, add things in. It's great. If you want to check it out for free, go to preptish.com forward slash DMA for Don't Mom Alone. That's preptish.com forward slash DMA. You get two weeks for free to try it out, to see if it fits with your family, what you like about it. Let me know if you sign up. All right, let's get back to my chat with Karen. Here we go. And so I finally went through the, I I was going through the season of just like, okay, God, I don't get it. And the Lord, it's so awesome how he's so faithful, but there's a pastor friend in our life that I go see every now and then. And he has just been so, such a blessing. And he kind of had me look at this a different way. And he challenged me, said, you know, Karen, what does Romans 8, 28 say? All things work together for good for those who love God, right? We all know this verse. But if I truly believe that verse, if I truly believe that all things work together for good, if I truly believe that he wastes nothing, right? God doesn't waste anything. And if I truly trust him and I truly believe that he has the best thing for me and our family in mind, then I know that he's got this. I've got to know that this is okay. And Karen, I want to challenge you to praise him for this. And I was like, I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm on crutches. I am pregnant and I'm in pain and I don't want to be pregnant and I'm losing my independence. I had to let everything go. And you're telling me you want me to praise him right now. I get the whole, like, I'll praise him when I'm through this and Mm -hmm. I'll praise him when I have a testimony to share and I'll praise him when this is behind me and I'll give him all the glory and I'll do all that. But praising him in the midst of it and then praising him for it. And I look back on like Acts 16, when I talk about Paul and Silas and they're praising him like in the prison, you know, and they're praising him through that. And hey, I get that. I'm like, yeah, sure. I'll praise him in a dark season. But you're asking me to praise him for this dark season. Mm. I'm not so sure about that. But I was like, you know what? I got nothing else to lose. Like I'm at a place now. I got nothing else to do. At least you've given me an assignment. Right. So I take this information that this pastor friend has given us and I'm like, okay, God, I'm going to try this. And right now, this is only going to be lip service. I'm going to be honest. Like, I'm just going to be like, God, I praise you for this hip fracture. This is going to be lip service because yeah. I don't really believe this. Right? I'll say like, it till really? I feel it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm just going to keep saying it. But you know, what's crazy is that it, that's exactly what happened. The more I said it, the more I felt it. Hmm. And the more I believed it. And every morning, instead of crumbling in a pile of tears down in my knees for just the miserable life that I was living, I was like, God, I'm going to praise you for this. And I'm going to trust that you know exactly what you're doing and that your plan and your will is the best, way better than anything I could plan, anything I could think of, anything I could dream of. 
you've got this. You will never waste anything. And I'm going to trust you no matter what. It's huge. And I love that even before that pastor gave you that assignment, you kept saying, and then I told God this, and then I told God this. And, you know, we look at David, we look when he's fleeing Saul. I'm reading through First and Second Samuel right now, but he goes to God. We look at Job. He goes yes. to God. No matter where, if you're listening and you are in the darkest season and you are questioning and just take it straight to God, he can handle it. And right. like you did, even if you're not feeling it, to thank him for things, that's a big deal. That's a big deal. I was looking at Job 14, 14 the other day, and he's talking about like, for me, that last year's word was resurrection. Like when you go mm. through that horrible, it feels like death. It feels like mm -hmm. a death, a personal death. And, and, mm -hmm. and you will come out of this a different mm -hmm. person. You have a new perspective. You have a new empathy for people going through things. But he right. says, shall someone live again? Can someone be revived? Like going hmm. through all of this, is there life on the other side of this? And he right. says, all of the days of my warfare, like he views his life, his allotted time with this Hebrew word that the rest of the Old Testament uses for battle and armies. And that's hmm. what this is. Like these seasons feel like battles. Yeah. Believing that the release, that the hope, that the revival, that the resurrection is on the other side. But in the yeah. midst of it, it is a daily choice to go to God. You know, that yeah. classic, be still and know that I fight for you, whatever. Like to go to him, though, with the right. battle, to trust him to fight right. for you. That is huge. No matter what emotions you're bringing to it that feel unholy or not okay or I'm angry with God or I'm scared or whatever feels quote unquote a negative emotion that God right. we can't bring that to God the fact right. that you went to him is huge huge well and I think great growing up in a Christian home um and then just being around Christians all the time I think sometimes we think we can't be honest yeah. with God yeah I think sometimes we're so used to putting on a mask and just the highlight reel of social media and different things like that that we forget that he knows anyway like we're not keeping anything from him. Right. right so right. it's like, you might as well just express the way that, I mean, because he knows anyway. Mm -hmm. And I always say, I think it's so important to have all the feels. I'm a huge researcher. I do all this stuff from a research standpoint. And there's so many articles out there and studies that have been done about how dangerous it is to keep feelings in, mm -hmm. that it actually physically produces toxins in your body, stress, negative emotions, different things like that. But when we bring it to the light, the enemy can't work with that. I think when we keep it in the dark and we keep it inside of us, the enemy loves to work in darkness. That's just what he does. But when we bring it to the light, I think that's when it's like, okay, he can't do anything. I'm, I'm all about, listen, have all the fields, yell, cry, scream, do what you need to do. God can handle it. And the thing is, he already knows. So it's really almost like us being honest with him and being like, okay, God, and us growing our faith to know if I express this, it's all going to be good. If I express this, I know that he's got this. And the thing is, when you do express it and you're on the other side of that, it's like all of a sudden in your heart, you know, he's mm -hmm. for me. He is. He's totally for me. He's got this. And I started to just practically speaking. I know sometimes when you're listening to people like me and you're like, okay, yeah, that's great. I'm <laughs> so easy for you. Yeah. You know, obviously like that's awesome. 
but really, what did you do? Really? Yes, there was the contention. Yes, there was the anger. Yes, there was the battle. Yes, there was the screaming, the crying and the anger. But I'm also a practical person. I had to sit down, Heather, and I had to open that Bible, even though it was the last thing I wanted to do. Mm. And I had to just, I mean, I even just at the point of like, I don't even know what to read, God. I opened up the Bible app on my phone and I just started with like the daily scriptures. I went and opened up a plan that was like for moms, right? I think Mm -hmm. it was one called like encouragement for moms or something. And I'm like, okay, let me just start there. Um, And then slowly the Lord started increasing my desire to get back in the word. And so I started writing out scriptures, like physically writing out scriptures, even if I already knew them, but just trying to get the word of God saturated over my life made such a huge difference. You know, prayer, I I was listening to your um, podcast with Jen, love her, Jen Jet. She was talking about her prayer journal. And I actually have one of those as well. And just writing out prayers in my prayer journal and being like, okay, God, you're going to do this, like pouring out my heart to him in a way that, you know, sometimes it's embarrassing. Like you look back, you're like, I hope nobody finds this journal, (laughs) but um, (laughs) hopefully nobody ever reads this, but really just the honest prayers to him and needs and desires and angers and everything. Like I wrote that out to him. And the more that I started to really know him again and trust him again, it was like, okay, God, I see this. Now it's my time to make the most of every season. Mm. I have to make the most of this. You know, I may not see what you're trying to do right now, but I look back at the life of Joseph and I think about how God gave him that promise in those dreams. And then what happens next? He gets thrown in a pit by his brothers and then gets sold to slavery. And then he gets to be put into Potiphar's house where it looks like, okay, maybe there's a light at the end of this tunnel. You know, okay, I'm starting to kind of make something of myself. And then bam, he gets falsely accused. And now he's thrown back into prison. But yet he still holds on to that promise that God had given him through those dreams. And I'm thinking if I was him, I would be in much worse shape. Yeah. And I'm thinking, you know what, though, he never let go of that promise because he knew what God had called him to do. He knew the promises of God. He knew that God was going to take care of him no matter what. And he held on to that. And so I was like, okay, God, through these transitions, through all these different seasons, I have to hold on to the fact that no matter what, you are good. You have my best interest in mind. And the thing is, he doesn't need me to fulfill anything. He doesn't need me to go out and do all these great things for him. He wants me to, but more than anything, he wants my heart. And I've really been in that season of like, okay, God, if I don't do anything for you, I'm just going to sit here and be with you Hmm. and learn to just sit in your presence because there is fullness of joy in your presence. You know, when we get to heaven, he's not going to look at us. And I just posted this recently on Instagram and be like, hey, well done, good and faithful worship leader, pastor, <laughs> small group leader, podcaster, you know, blogger. No, it's well done, good and faithful servant. And right now, I'm called to serve my baby. Right now, I'm called to serve my family. Right now, I'm called to serve my local church. And right now, that's all that I have the capacity for. And that's okay. I think sometimes in this world of social media and everybody's a friend and everybody's a follower and everybody's a like and all this stuff, we feel like, we're not useful unless we're doing something big yeah. for God. Yeah. And God's like, that's not your calling. That's not your season mm-hmm. right now. It may be your calling, but right now in this season where I have you, I want you to show yourself to be faithful to me 
in this season. And then if it's your next season, I'll call you to other things, maybe outside of the home. Maybe it's inside of the home. But one of my heart's desires, and this is something that hasn't changed, is I see moms who are so lonely and I see moms who are so unfulfilled because they're thinking about, okay, I have a heart's desire to speak. I have a heart's desire to do this. I have a heart's desire to minister. Awesome. Why don't you start in your play group? Why don't you start at your job? Why don't you start with the waitress at the restaurant or the clerk at the grocery store? Right. For some reason, we don't value those small God moments, those small divine encounters can mean everything. Mm -hmm. And I had a wake up call with this several years ago when my daughter was in swim classes and we went on a play date with this mom and her daughter. And she found out we were, we were Christians. We went to church, we were believers and she was shocked. And she said, I'm surprised you want to, you know, have a play date with us. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? (laughs) And she said, every Christian that I've come across, every mom that's a Christian, they don't want to have a play date with us because they find out we don't, we don't really go to church. Like they don't want to like be around us. And I was like, are you, are you kidding me right now? Mm. Like as a mom, I can still be a minister. Oh yeah. I can look at that mom next to me and be like, she needs Jesus. Why don't I just start by inviting her to a play group? You know, why don't I just start by loving on her kids? You know, why don't I just start by building a friendship and showing her the love of Jesus? That's just as important as doing anything off a platform for 10,000 people. But for some reason, we value that more than that one life that the Lord has put right in front of us. So to be faithful and steward what we have well. If I've learned anything in this season, it's to be faithful and steward what is right in front of me instead of seeing that big picture and thinking that that's better. Preach it, Karen. (laughs) That's exactly what God has in my heart and even our new sermon series is Divine Platforms. It's where you are is where Jesus is and just that 100%. Okay, before we have to get off the call, though, I need to hear an update. So you have the baby, Aiden, C-section. No. No, wait, hold the phone. Hold on. (laughs) I don't think you even know this. I don't even know this. Yeah. So he ended up coming two weeks early. Okay. I um, thought I was just having Braxton Hicks, but it ended up being I was in full on labor. What? Um, yeah. You experienced probably so much pain that you were like, right. This is nothing. Yeah, like when you're exactly when you've been in so much pain with a hip fracture, like pain to me, I just have a different outlook on it. So I just thinking oh, it's not a big deal. Call the hospital. They're like, take your time. It's fine. Got in the shower, was taking my time got in the car to go to the hospital. I'm like, I'm going to have this baby on the side of the road. Like they just came fast and hard, got to the hospital, ended up that I was already at a seven. Um, so there was no time. They didn't have time to prep an OR for a C-section and it was too late for an epidural. Didn't have time for that either. So I actually delivered him vaginally with a hip fracture with no epidural. (laughs) Oh, my Lanta. (laughs) And I am not one of you brave moms, whoever's listening, who's like amazing. And they did the tub birth and the water birth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like like those moms are amazing. I'm like, if you can knock me out and just wake (laughs) me up after, I'll take that option. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So anyway, it was so God. um, I was actually one of the first people. When I went back to see my orthopedic surgeon, he was like, oh, my goodness, I can't believe that this happened. Like, Because all the studies, if you deliver vaginally, you break your hip further. Well, again, God was in this. This is another part of my testimony and a God story. He was in all of it because because I didn't have the epidural and I was able to feel everything, obviously, I was able to tell the nurse 
um, when I was pushing and things like that to kind of move my leg around and my hip around to where it was in a place where it wasn't going to fracture it even further. Because of knowing stuff as PT, as a PT? Exactly. Oh, like my land. Um, and I was like a little bit more aware of how to push without having to use um, my legs and, and be able to use my upper body a little bit more. And oh, I mean, God, Heather, I can't even tell Yeah, We could talk about this for hours. Like, I just can't even tell you how specific God was in every little detail. Hmm. And what was so cool was just even being able to share my testimony with the nurses that were there. And my doctor, who's a believer, was just like floored. Um, but the second day I was in the hospital was the first day in over three months I was able to bear weight on my leg. So it was literally two days after I had him, I started to be able to bear weight on my leg. Wow. And three weeks after I had him, I was walking without crutches, still a little bit of a limp, but walking without crutches, walked into my orthopedic surgeon's office. And he was like, Karen, this never happens. Like everything I've read, you were supposed to be on crutches for six to nine months. We did an x-ray at that point. Everything was completely gone. No swelling, no fracture. Um, well, we couldn't really see the swelling other than with an MRI, but there was no more stress fracture. There was none of that. Like wow. it was totally gone. And so it was just this total God, like every step of the way, God has revealed himself. Like I'm starting to see purpose in the pain, but I was honestly was at a place that I was like, you know what, God, if I don't see it, I don't see it. But he was so faithful to kind of see the purpose for my pain. But the Lord has just opened doors to be able to share with like medical professionals and even colleagues and just different people about the story. And so it's really been cool to see how God's used it. And so just as encouragement to any mom out there going through some stuff, like there is always something good that will come out on the other side, because like I said, God wastes nothing. And um, he is so faithful to take care of us and to show us his plan and everything. So. It's been awesome. That's yeah. amazing. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know. Yeah. I missed that part. Okay. But That's crazy. you did share with me via email that, and I know a lot of moms can relate to this, some depression that's happened with some yes. of your kids, your first and your last. So talk us through that. Are you still working through some of that or? Yes. And, you know, I think this is a hard topic for people that don't understand yeah. depression yeah. or totally have never agree. experienced it before. And it's really easy for us as Christians to be like, you just have to get over it, you know, pray just more. speak scripture over <laughs> you, pray, yeah. you know, whatever. Like I've even had some people say, well, you're not really a Christian if you battle depression, which wow. none of that is true. None of it. So if that's been spoken over you, that is a lie. That is not true. Your salvation is not questioned because you struggle with depression. Anyway, I experienced it after my first child. Didn't know that that's what I was going through. Um, just figured it was baby blues. Had no idea um, until I had my second one. And then I was like, oh, is this how I'm supposed to feel? Mm -hmm. Awesome. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, then fast forward to this third one. He is three months old now. And, you know, I'll be honest. There are days that I still battle. Um, it was the worst the first month and a half. But this time I knew the signs and I knew the symptoms. And so I was quick to ask for help. And what did that look like for you to ask for help? For me personally, it looked like a lot of counseling. And then I was very open and honest with my struggle. We touched on that a little bit before. And I can't tell you how freeing that was. Like with friends, your husband? With friends, even on social media. You know, mm -hmm. if you get on my Instagram and you get on my Facebook, I mean, I'm very honest with the struggle that I have. And I think that honesty builds accountability, you know, to where you're like, okay, I don't want to kill myself. You know, I don't want to end this. I don't want to do anything bad to my baby. Because, I mean, these are honest thoughts. And I know they're harsh to hear. 
But when you're walking through it, it's where your mind is. Right. And if you're walking through that right now, you understand that. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I know when I was going through it, I was like, if somebody would just tell me that they're going through this, I think I would feel better. You know, Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. even just something little like that helps. But yeah, so for me, there was counseling for, I know a lot of people medication is needed and I'm all for that, especially being a medical professional. If there is a chemical imbalance that definitely needs to be addressed and then self-care, I think that's huge even for little, like little things, right? So if I can just go out and get a manicure, if I can take a nap, like that's (laughs) self-care, you know, like sleep deprivation is a big thing. And I think that is a huge thing with people that struggle with depression. Sleep deprivation hits us 10 times harder um, than it does, uh, you know, anyone else. And so that is huge too, you know, nap when you can rest when you can. And then I've, I've mentioned this earlier, just saturate yourself with the word of God saturate yourself with encouragement. If it means turning on a podcast, if it means listening to your Bible app, if it means whatever it looks like, worship music, obviously as a musician, like that is huge to me. Just listening to worship music, singing over myself, singing over the baby, doing those things practically has helped me. But more than anything, Heather, every day, I mean, and again, I'm not a psychologist or a psychiatrist, or I'm not a counselor or anything like that. This is just what I've done. But I've always seen my depression almost like as almost like alcoholism, if you will, because it's like a, a daily decision hmm. to not be depressed. It's, it's a daily decision to not go down that path. Hmm. And again, because I didn't have it technically a chemical imbalance, it was a little easier for me to turn that switch. Those that struggle with a, chem- you know, where they do need the medication, you might need some medication to help you through that. So I'm in no way saying like, oh, you can switch, you know, make a switch. You have the control for, that, yeah, yeah. But for me, yeah, yeah. For me, it, it's a conscious decision. So in those moments where I have a decision to make of like, I can l- trigger myself to make myself go down this deep, dark path very quickly, or I can choose to see the brighter side of this and to say, this too shall pass. Like, I mean, that mantra is in my head so much like this too shall pass. This too shall pass. This will be okay. We've got, you know, like this Mm -hmm. too shall pass. This is just temporary. Like there is joy on the other side of this. And I think I told you earlier when I was talking about Psalm 16, when I said there's joy in his presence, there's fullness of joy in his presence. And so anytime, I mean, I just had to get to his presence. Like there were times where I would call friends to help me get into his presence. Like Mm. there were times I was pleading with my husband, help me get to his presence. Like I need can you pray with me? Can you sing? Like, can we go to church? Can we play worship music? Like I couldn't get there myself. Sometimes I had to be carried there. So I think sometimes we need to understand that it's okay to reach out to people around us, that they're not going to judge you. They're not going to look down on you. And you know what? There may be people that do whatever, forget them. (laughs) They're not your people. They're not your people. people. Yeah. Find people that will encourage you, encourage one another, build each other up, find that small community, find that small group. Find that group of friends or even strangers, if you will. You know, most churches have people that will pray for you, you know, after services and different things like that. Don't be prideful, so prideful that you can't go down for prayer. Reach out to other people. And I think when you start to see that, that helps. Another practical thing, get outside. Mm. Get outside, get out of the house, get out of work, get out of your normal routine. Do something fun. You know, whether that's going to the mall, whether that's retail shopping, like whether that's working out, whether that's a date night, whether that's a manicure, pedicure, whatever that looks like to you, go out and have fun. I think that's sometimes really hard for us as moms because we feel guilty for having fun. I don't know why, but we need to change our mindset in that. Like go out and have 
fun. Do something that will encourage you. Go out and get some vitamin D. Be in the sunlight. You know, get outside. Go talk to another human being, especially when you're a stay-at-home mom. Like, go out and talk to people. Go even if it's just getting a coffee, even if it's just going to the grocery store. You know, do things where that exposes you out of just your own head, if mm-hmm. you will. But God has been so faithful because, yes, it is something I struggle with. I'm very open about that. I mean, I have gotten so much better over the la- the last month, but that is something that I think anger and depression go hand in hand. Yeah. And so when that anger hit me um, early on in the pregnancy, that depression came right along with it. Well, and anger can sometimes be secondary to pain. And so yes. the pain and, of, grief. and grief and grief, yeah. which, yeah. which, you know, well, yeah. Yeah. So all of that goes intermingled. And if it's not addressed and talked through, and I think the list you just gave of different options to encourage the mom who's listening, if she is feeling like she's in that place of depression to walk through with your spouse or a friend or someone, a mentor, trying these things out, keep me accountable, you know, text to see how I'm doing and ask me if I've done the, one of these three things that I've found to work to get me out of it. Like, don't do it alone. Yes. Yes. That's what I love about your podcast name. Don't mom. I'm so glad you changed. Like that is just so huge. I don't understand why we feel like we have to carry it's this pride. alone. It's such yeah. pride. I want to look like a good mom, especially with the postpartum. I've gotten those emails mm-hmm. where it's like, there's so much shame in wanting yes. to harm your baby. Like what mom thinks that right. is what we, we feel. We feel like yeah. I'm the worst because I'm thinking these thoughts, but yeah. you're not the only one who's thought those thoughts if that's no. a thing. So be free of that. You're not the only one. Don't let Satan yes. live in that place of shame and keep you bound up there. Um, you can reach out to Karen. We appreciate you coming on the show. Um, where could people find you online? I'll put all the links in the show notes. Yes, you can find me on Facebook or on Instagram. My handle is Karen Harmon 360. Um, I'm also on Twitter, but I'm really not really on there. <laughs> yeah, nobody's really I on there. The, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But so Facebook and Instagram, Karen Harmon 360. And then my website is KarenHarmon360.com. Fabulous. Karen, thank you for being real and honest and encouraging and hope filled. And we are, you know, we know you're not even through the journey, but we, so we appreciate you. Just being raw and not waiting till it's all tied up in a bow. Oh, thanks for having me, Heather. When Karen shared with me that she was pregnant with Aiden, I encouraged her because that's my story. I am an Aiden. I had a 16-year-old sister and an 11-year-old brother when my mom out found out she was pregnant with me. She was about to get a big speaking position in women's ministry and had to step away from that so that she could have me. And so I was able to encourage Karen that, you know what, God's even bigger and beyond what we think the plan is and how he's going to use us. And I think my mom's pretty happy with how I turned out. I mean, amazing. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But really, truly, it another part of this not momming alone is having people that have gone before us who've experienced similar things. And that's why I love to share real stories from real people, real moms who uh, are honest with their stories. And so reach out to Karen, encourage her. I am praying for you that when you listen to this, you can trust God more and be honest with where you are. Praise him for whatever is hard, if that's resonated with you. I know, man, that was a pointed word. And sometimes we have to trust that the Holy Spirit's directing someone to communicate something to us. And it's not for everybody. This is Karen's unique story and Karen's unique journey. 
but we love how God is faithful to pursue us wherever we are, whatever we're going through to draw us closer to himself. All right. Well, next week, Suzanne Stabile coming on the show, talking about Enneagram and parenting. Oh, can't wait to share with you. Super pumped. We also have Sally Clarkson, who's going to be coming back on the show and sharing about friendships and community. It's good. I want to tell you that I am going to be hosting a little training, a little mentor chat. You are welcome to join. It's going to be on January 29th. And I'm focusing in on decoding your toddler's misbehavior, taking information I know about communication and helping you when your toddler seems crazy and you're frustrated and they're frustrated to help you sort through what they're really trying to say. So there will be a link in the show notes to that. And I will um, have a little link for you to sign up. Of course, my Not Alone community, y'all are invited to join us as well. Anyway, I'm excited about it. I'm excited to use what I know, what I have my degree in, zero to three childhood development to help you moms. I see you with these toddlers and early preschoolers and it's frustrating. And so whatever I can do to help you parent with with a little more ease, I'm not going to say it's easy ever, but go check that out in the show notes or I'll probably post on the Instagram and Facebook at my account, Don't Mom Alone. All right. Thanks for listening. Have a great week. Adios. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Don't Mom Alone podcast. If you're wanting to connect with more people and more resources to help remind you that you're not alone, head over to don'tmomalone.com. That's also where you'll find the show notes with any links mentioned by our guests. Most importantly, I want you to know the good news, the great news that you're not alone because God has promised to always be with you. With faith in Jesus Christ, the one who died for you and rose again, He said when he left, he was going to leave a helper, a comforter to be with us. God in us. Moms, that is superpower. So while you're washing dishes at your kitchen sink, while you're driving to and from work, while you're feeding that baby late into the night, while you're cleaning sticky floors, God promises to be just as present and with you as when you're worshiping in a church pew. As it says in Zephaniah 3.17, the Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love and he will rejoice over you with singing. Now that's good news. Have a great day.